Okay, good evening. Thanks. We are holding in the middle of last week's discourse in Parsha Shalach. Moshe Rabbeinu, after the sin of the Meraglim, after the sin of the spies, he pleads with Hashem, may the power of the power of Aleph, Dalit, Nun, Yud be invigorated, become greater, like you have spoken saying, like you have spoken saying, Hashem, Erech And over here, Moshe Rabbeinu goes on to evoke the 13 attributes of mercy. And the question over here is, what, what does he mean over here? What's this? I mean, if he wants to evoke the 13 powers of mercy, and let him evoke the 13 powers of mercy. And that we understand the Jewish people needed because God was very upset. But what is this Indian that he introduces before the introduction to the 13 attributes of mercy is, and now let the power of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud become great. Like you have spoken saying. What does that also mean? Like you have spoken saying. Like you have spoken. Finished. What does it mean? Like you have spoken saying. And what does it mean, the power of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud? It implies that there is something called Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud, Ado, God's name. But he's not referring to Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud. He's referring to something that's behind it, the power of it. What can be the power of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud that Moshe Rabbeinu is referring to, that the power of Adonai should become great? And why is that something that he's requesting right now? Okay, um, I'm just going to give you the full answer right now. So if you want to leave in three minutes, you can go. If you want to hang around over here a little longer, you can stay as well. The idea the Alter Rebbe is going to develop, which we didn't know last week, because last week I didn't learn it. And this week I also, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling well, so I, I didn't really give it too much. Um, just, I, look, I, look, I learned it briefly. But um, at least it seems like what, what, what it's being said is like this. Um, <coughs> through Torah and mitzvot, through Torah and mitzvah observance, um, we, God descends to have a relationship with his creation. And each and every one of us, even though the entire universe, the entire physical universe, is absolutely zero, 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 um, in God's eyes. It has no significance to the point of, mam is zero, not a tiny little bit. It's nothing. God didn't invest anything of himself to create it. It was created only by an external ray of Hashem's light. So creation is zero, so that physical universe is nothing. Not only is the physical universe nothing, but all the spiritual worlds preceding this world is also absolutely zero and meaningless. And therefore, when we live our lives in this world, even though as in, within the context of time and space and our reality, wow, you know, it's quite an experience. And enough to excite people and make people really, really, really driven after having more of it and greater experiences of it. But from the ultimate scheme of things, it's really zero. Yet, 
through Torah and mitzvahs, one can have a relationship with God himself that infinitely transcends all, the, all this creation and all this nothingness. Okay, so you have this big, what we might call hole of nothingness, little black hole of nothingness. And with it, within there, we exist, all angelic beings li- live, even the shamas live in this big black hole of nothingness. To the point that we said earlier, that's why we say in davening, with your great mercy, have mercy on us. The mercy is not because we sinned. The mercy is because we go on existing in this non-existence and we think we're existing. And that is very, 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 very pathetic. And that is very pitiful. So the Abishter, however, with his great mercy, has enabled us, the Jewish people, to find a relationship, to connect, become attached to, and to become one with God Almighty Himself. That's absolutely real. Okay? And that's through Torah and Mitzvahs. That power that, um, of the Ein Sof, of God Himself, now how is that possible? There is nothing that we can do that can make that possible. Because if we, our entire existence is nothing, so there's nothing that we can do from within ourselves that can help us out of our nothingness of existence to be attached to, to the Abishter's MS because we have no link to him. If we're nothing, then how can nothingness reach out? Who's going to pay attention to it if it's nothing? So we can wave a gazillion flags and make the loudest noise and shout. Imagine, imagine if, just to give you an example, imagine if someone um, got lost, not in a big forest, even that's, you know, it's very hard to spot. Imagine a huge mountainous area and there's one human being that's lost over there and they're going searching. You can't see him because it's among the, right? But imagine someone got lost in the infinite expanse or the close, what we, what we call infinite. It's not really infinite. But we might say like this expanse of space. And someone is floating in the midst of a distant galaxy. I don't know, somehow he flew off the planet. I don't know what happened. Something happened that threw a person outside of our atmosphere. A guy shot himself into outer space. From there he got taken by some kind of a out extra space current that grabbed this, he went into whatever, and took this person and flung him into the midst of a distant galaxy. Now, And this person wants to catch the attention of us human beings down here that we should find him. How in the world would we find this human being in the midst of this endless space? Shout, scream, spray colors. Like what? what? And no one can notice. It's nothing. So that's what I'm saying. There's nothing a created being can do to make himself important in an infinite in, to, to God the reason why we can have a relationship and forge a relationship with Hashem is because so Hashem has chosen to make himself available to us and that is only and only and exclusively only through the obedience of God's will and that's where mitzvahs come in those mitzvahs are the divine will it's God's will it's what God wants why he wants is totally irrelevant it's, un, it's unfathomable to us because how are we supposed to know his will, right? his infinite will? Why he wants, so he wants. 
And that's how he makes a connection to us. That's called koyach adna. The power of adna is the power of mitzvahs. Why? Because mitzvahs, because the adon, adonai, alef dalet, nun yud, that's God as being a king over the world. Adon, master. God is a king, Melech, Melech Olam. So um, the will, the will that Hashem has to be in a relationship with us is within the context of what? Or di- directed through the context of the Abishter being a king over us. That's the relationship. That's the nature of the relationship. As he creates this world, which in essence is nothing, Literally nothing, and it's zero, zero, it's, it has zero significance and zero meaning. But w- the, the will of Hashem is that He wants to have, He wants His mitzvahs, His will, to be performed by us. How? In a manner of, mal- of, of servitude, in which we su- submit to Him these semi, these these totally nothing beings who think they exist and have a reality should surrender to him without a question just because God wants so and, fulfill, and do what he, what he asks us to do. That's the connection. And that's why what happens is like this. Aleph Talad Nun Yud is very, very powerful. What's the power of it? It's, it's, it's the attribute of God's kingship which on the one hand is the most insignificant attributes of all the attributes. Because kingship is the last. Like Hashem has ten attributes. Chachma. Eh? In terms of the quality of the attributes, Malchus is the poorest of all attributes. Malchus is called poor. doesn't have anything of its own. It's empty. It's the weakest light from all the other attributes. Yet, the attention that the, God's constant Hashem's interest is in that attribute more than all the other attributes and more than everything else that exists because his entire investment in the project, (laughs) why did Hashem invest, or his entire bringing about, I don't say investment because we said before he didn't invest, but the reason why this entire light, because everything by Hashem is is with will, nothing nothing happens uh, what we call uh, um, just... um, Nothing is, nothing is involuntarily. So it's not like when I said before that the creation is meaningless. It doesn't mean that it happened accidental, from his light. It just there was energy floating around and it somehow evolved in a universe and evolved into a creation. That's not what happened. Of course, it's intentional. But the intention that Hashem had in the creation is because he desired to be a king. So what I, all I'm saying is that the point where the infinite becomes interested, the point, the point where the infinite becomes interested in the creation, that point is the point of is the point of Malchus. <coughs> because it's only in it's only within the it's only within the um, the the framework of the Abishter being a Melech and we being his subjects, does the Abishter have an interest in this entire project? That's why the, 
Aleph Talad Nun Yud is the power of Malchus. What's Koach Adna, the power of Aleph Talad Nun Yud, is the will that Hashem has, which are the mitzvahs, which are being actualized in the context of us being of us being his servants as through Malchus. In other words, because a person, I'm struggling myself now in trying to explain this um, <coughs> with what I'm trying to, 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 to <coughs> with what I'm trying to to to, to um, clarify, and which I didn't even explain what's bothering me, and and and, and where I'm. <laughs> you see, the 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 uh, a person in essence can say, well, mitzvahs are beautiful. Obviously, these are things that touch God's heart very deeply. It's very, very important the mitzvah of tzitzis. It's very, very important the mitzvah of mezuzah. It's very important the mitzvah of tzedakah. And these are beautiful things, obviously. <coughs> if this is the will and the wisdom, if this is the will and the wisdom of an infinite, of God himself, of an infinite God, this is Hashem's will and wisdom. So these mitzvahs must be very, very, very powerful, potent, unbelievable things. So therefore... I'm just going to do these things because they're so wonderful and they're so great and they're so fabulous and there's so, so much energy involved in them and that's why I'm going to do that. What does this have to do with me being a servant and subjugating myself to a king? I can skip the whole Malchus element, bypass Malchus, push Malchus off to the side. It's not negated to me because I don't like, today's days, Bechlau, people are very uncomfortable with submission. People, everybody likes freedom and I live my life and I do what I want to do. So submission is not really one of the things. It used to be when people had kings, real kings. So submission was part of reality. <laughs> Whether you liked it or not, people were more comfortable with it. But after, you know, in the last <coughs> couple of hundred years, when we freed ourselves from, from, from these... Um, from, from these... Um, uh, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, monarchies and kingships and kingdoms and whatever. So we're, 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 kind of, we're kind of free from that. So we're not comfortable with being a subject. Subject is not something that is appealing. You try to advertise that and get people uh, to be excited. No one is uh, going to be rushing and coming to that. That's not what excites people. People want to know, what do you have it for me? Not to subjugate themselves and to surrender themselves to a higher power. It's not a... It's not a it's not an exciting thing. So someone can say, I can do all the mitzvahs and forget about subjugation. I'll put on tefillin because I like to put on tefillin because it's, I, I realize it's awesome if God cares about this. You know, if this, is gets, if, this is gets, if this is what gets God excited, if this is what, what, what's meaningful to him, it'll be meaningful to me because, because it must be so awesome and the same as with every other mitzvah. But it doesn't work that way. Without the subjugation and without the doing it because it's God's mitzvah, there is no relationship whatsoever. Because what did God want? He wanted His will to be fulfilled within the context of Him being a king and we, we doing these things as subjects to a king. In other words, so the point of contact, that's the idea, the point of contact where the creation meets the Creator and there's any attachment between them. Without this, there's no attachment because creation is zero. It's nothing. It's only because there is that thread of interest. The thread of interest is because there is a kingship. If I ignore that, 
then really I'm detached from godliness completely. So the will, there's no will in it. When I'm, why do you have a connection with God's will? So I'm putting on tefillin, but the, the, the tefillin is not even Hashem's will in this context. The context of the tefillin is within the setting, within the setting of, 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 uh, of this relationship of a king and a servant. And that's why the power of Adna is the setting itself, is the mitzvah itself. God as a melech. Koach Adna, the power of Alev Dalad Nun Yud, is once you have the submission and you have the Kabbalah's oil and you see yourself as a servant, which means now the connection, the thread between our nothingness and the Ein Sof has been threaded. Now there is a connection going through. There is a, a connection. You, you're on God's radar. That's the point. When you accept God's kingship within, within your life, now you're in God's radar. Okay? Once you're in His radar, now there's another Indian. You're doing His will. What, what is He asking of you to do? He's not asking of you to do silly things that are meaningless to Him. Within this relationship, He's asking you of, He's sharing with you His deepest inner secrets. And that's the mitzvahs, on what, which are thrilling to Him. Oh, so now when I'm doing the mitzvah, and I realize that, and I'm realizing that with, when I'm doing this mitzvah, I'm touching the deepest point in God's inner, inner self. And thereby, um, you know, connecting to, 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 to Hashem's infinite delight and infinite pleasure. And I have that intention in the doing of the mitzvah. That can make my mitzvah very, very exciting. That can add simcha shal mitzvah. And that's called koyach adna. That's the power of the Ein Soif that's behind the mitzvah. That's coming through the Adna, the essential element of the mitzvah is obedience. You're doing God's will. Someone with a, with a sense of independency. Because that's the only way it can be a melech. A melech requires, a king-subject relationship requires that you have a sense of bechira chafshis, free will, that you have an independent existence. And you're living in a, in a detached kind of state, which as we spoke earlier is really a ridiculous kind of a state, but that's because there's no such a thing as being detached from Hashem, but at least the, 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 the illusions that we have as a result of the way Hashem has set up this whole process of tzimtzumim, of contractions, is that we are living separated from Him, and now we have a choice to obey or not to obey. Our surrender in Kabbalah's oil, Malchus Shemaya, makes the entire project interesting to Him. And now once the, 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 the surrender is that he, and we have that Kabbalah, now what can Hashem ask me to do? Not, you know, like a king, because I mean, technically, a king who wants to be a king. He wants to be a king. He enjoys the fact that he has subjects that are surrendered to him. For whatever reason, this, this is meaningful to him. But then, what does he ask of them to do? That's the difference. He can ask of them to do things that are literally meaningless. In the words of the Alter Rebbe that he's going to explain later, he, asks, he can ask them to chop wood all day long. And he doesn't need the wood. He'll never need the wood. He has enough wood stored up to last to his you know, 20, 20 years grandchildren. You know, to, but he doesn't need any wood. But he wants, them, he wants them to be his subjects. He enjoys that they're submitting to him. So he tells them, I have all these extra forests. Chop the wood. Hak holtz. In Yiddish you say, clap the holtz. 
So then they would still be involved in his malchus, but they wouldn't be touching him in the deepest heart of hearts because he doesn't really care about the wood. But then there is a king who likes his subjects and enjoys being a king and tells his subjects that what? I want to give you something very precious to do. I want you to come into my palace and I want you to come in and polish the diamonds in my treasures of treasures. And I want you, and every day I'm going to come look at how shiny my diamonds are. Oh, so now you're doing something. But what happens if the king suddenly goes into his diamond, into the room where all the subjects are polishing his diamonds? And it's beautiful. And he's delighting because these are diamonds that are so precious to him. And then he finds amongst them someone who never enlisted and is not a subject. Someone who never is... uh, So he asks, who are you? He says, what do you mean? I'm polishing diamonds. He says, but who are you? He says, I'm whatever. He says, yeah, but you're not... uh, You know, this is... I, I, I asked my subjects to do this. And you're not one of my subjects. He says, yeah, I belong to a different king. To a different... I have a different master. He says, get out of here. I don't need you over here. I, he's polishing diamonds. Uh, polishing diamonds is meaningless to me unless you're within this criteria of being my subject. I want my subjects to polish my diamonds. They're saying there's two in Yanam over here. But you have to be within, that's why you need to have malchus. Without Kabbalah soil malchus shamayim, there is no relationship. After there is Kabbalah oil, and that's why Hasidists demand so much that you, everything has to have an element of Kabbalah soil. I do the mitzvah, I daven three times a day because I have to daven. I do the mitzvah because I must do the mitzvah. And as I mentioned earlier, that's how you enter into, the, into a relationship. Without that, you're off the radar. Off the radar. So even if you're doing the mitzvahs, which are the deepest precious in Yanam of the Abishter, it's meaningless. <coughs> now, just being a subject gets you into the radar, but doesn't doesn't bring you into God's inner deepest world. Because that's only malchus. To enter into God, you need to have two in Yana. That's what we're saying. You need to have keser malchus. You have an idea of what keser malchus is? Malchus is to be in God's radar. Keser is that the Abishtar has a will, the deepest will in this malchus. And the mitzvahs are the keser, the ratzon that Hashem has in the mitzvahs, which is being facilitated within the, within the Malchus arena. Within the Malchus arena. And that's the Koach Adna. Now the problem, what happened with the, with the story with the Miraglam is that um, after the sin of the Chait, after the sin of the, uh, the Miraglam, the Jewish people have become so distasteful in God's eyes. There has been such a terrible rejection it's like basically God felt insulted, seriously insulted. He wants to give us Eretz Yisrael, whatever it is. We said no, we offended his gift. He felt offended. Felt offended, he's not interested. He's not interested in the project. If God is not interested in the project, so you can understand that his will, so imagine if the people deeply offend the king trying to find Mishalim to this very deep concept and the Ebesh tells him something is going to come out because the, the Alter Rebbe doesn't use Mamash this marshal, but I think this fits imagine subjects who who, 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 uh, 
who the king who have been serving the king and everything, and the king um, decides to reward them, and he throws them a beautiful party. But, and, but when they come to the party and they open up the doors to enter the party, they all start complaining. And they all said, this is not what we wanted. This, 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 what you give us this, we want something else. And the king gets personally offended and insulted that they rejected his, his, his party that he threw for them, whatever, just to give an example. And then the next day, however, they show up for work. Does he want your work? Is he interested in it? Maybe he's not interested. It's almost like there is, in a sense, a silo karatzo. Or we can say something like this, they have gone down to a place where the will and the relationship isn't there anymore because they entered into, like, they've gone, I have to say, like, whether he was Masalik, in the words of the Alter Rebbe over here, it's not so much that there was a silo karatzo, but they have fallen so low, so they're not anymore within the zone of where the Ratzon is reading. It's almost like Hashem had a Ratzon that, let's uh, give an example. I'll give it a little example. Adam Arisham, before the sin, was in Gan Eden. So God, in that space, in Gan Eden, wanted him to do Torah mitzvahs. Adam messed up in Gan Eden, and he's no more in Gan Eden. So now, Adam Arisham went over here. Instead of him being over here, he's outside of Gan Eden. He's in this here. The question is, is the will, is there, is, there a, is there a frequency that is reaching out here? Maybe the will is only for Adam in Gan Eden. Adam, as he is outside of Gan Eden, maybe God doesn't have a will for Torah and mitzvahs outside of Gan Eden. In Gan Eden, he wanted it. Similar to that happened now. In other words, they stepped out of where they were before. They were before here, and they had by Matan Torah. God came down, forged a bond with this world, forged a deep bond, Koach Adna, the power of Adna, the power of the mitzvahs, which is Hashem's essential desire to have a dira, to have a relationship, bitachtonim, with the lower worlds, where God has this desire through mitzvahs and through Torah to bond with his creatures. And as we said earlier, within the context of Malchus, very good. But now that they messed up and they rejected it, so they've fallen very, very low. So the question is, is there now still a desire for, the, for, for, for Hashem to lift them up into a union with him? Now there is no question over here whether the people are going to get food or whether people are going to get their parnasa and they're going to have children and they're going to have their nice whatever lives. That's not the issue over here. Moshe Rabbeinu took care of that already. God said, I'm not going to kill them. I'm going to sustain them. The question is, are they going to continue living like Goyim or are they going to live like Jews? Is there going to be a satisfaction? Is there going to be a nachas ruach? Will these neshamis, will these people... and be able to lift themselves up from the nothingness of all of creation and find meaning and, and, and importance in God's eyes in a very deep way so that they become one with this absolute reality of Hashem. That's what it's all about. The question is, can we still be in that space? So Moshe Rabbeinu is now saying, Let the power of Adna become greater now why does it mean it should become greater? It should become greater, that power, that it should extend to a further, it should extend itself farther, farther down to reach out to people that Hashem should invite, Hashem should invite even those that are undeserving or, see, we, 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 we from the very beginning are undeserving. The whole thing is only because the Ebeshter's chesed because <coughs> he desired, so he wants a relationship. So the Abishta has So the Abishta has, we need a little uh, 
Uh, okay. So the Abister, the Abister has a a a a a uh, a tainug. No, the Abister has kindness. But Sada's kindness. He wanted, but that's that's to begin with. But now that there was a breach in the bond, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, now I need the Abisters to extend the koyach abna, which is that desire, the rotson of Hashem, the rotson of the ain't sof to have a dira betachtoinim. In other words, to reach even a lower tachtoinim. You know what I'm saying? What does dira betachtoinim mean? Dira betachtoinim means God wants to have a dwelling place in the lowest world. But now, the game has changed. Because the tachtoin that used to be tachtoin, meaning the world that we inhabited before the chet maraglim, we're not in that world anymore. We're in a much lower world. Does God, is God going to lower himself down? Is God going to lower his pleasure? Is he going to lower his delight to include even people that are in such a undeserving state that even they should be able to continue a life of Torah and mitzvahs and be in a relationship with Hashem? In other words, Matan Torah had to happen again in some degree. Hashem has to, Moshe has to extend Matan Torah to, to in, be more inclusive of what it was before. It has to go farther. Hashem, and that's what he says the idea, hear these words. Apayim means Hashem's face. With the rest of the world, God never shows his face. Why is it not God showing his face? What's the difference between a person a person giving something to someone from their face and someone giving something in, in Kabbalah and Hasidus it talks a lot about when you're giving something to someone face to face when you're giving something to someone over your shoulder you take a, a nickel, a dime someone is a real nudnik and they're bothering you, they're making you crazy and you take it and you throw it over their shoulder and say here take it what's the difference? exactly that when you love someone, you care about them, you want to be in a relationship with them. So then you give it, to, whatever you want to give them, you're giving to them face to face. If you really don't care about them, you're giving it over your shoulder. Creation in general, as we spoke earlier, is not that God hates it, it's just not interesting to him. It's nothing. A finite universe with all the malachim, everything that's there, it, there's no face there. It's all back. It's all back. It's all coming from the Abish's back. There's no pneumias. With the light of your Pneumius, God, you have given us Tairus Chaim. Because in Tairus Mitzvahs, we spoke earlier, that's where Hashem finds pleasure. That's where He finds delight. Okay. Problem is, as we said earlier, um, Hashem desired the Jewish people in Egypt, took them out, gave them the Tairus Mitzvahs. But now they deeply offended Him after the Chet of the Meraglim. They deeply insulted him. So now there was Moshe Rabbeinu felt there was a disconnect. God's face isn't there anymore. So Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, now I need to come up to Erech Apayim. What's Erech Apayim? You have a long face. Now what is a long face? Long face sometimes in English would mean when someone is like kind of sullen and they're like upset. You say, your face is long, meaning you're not smiling, you're not happy. But the simple meaning of a long face literally is that the face extends long. What do I want? Moshe Rabbeinu says, extend your pneumius, your desire for a relationship to go farther, farther, 
to reach the farthest point, erech to even sinners that have sinned and have fallen into such a place where they might become totally distasteful and you don't have an interest in them, yet reenact your, 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 your ponim, your panemius, to have a desire to be in a relationship with them. That's the idea. And that's the general gist. I said I'm going to say it in three minutes. And look at me. It's already 35 minutes. That was the short version. I should have not done the short version. Now we've done only the long version. Okay, but I think that gives a little bit of a framework of where the mimer is going. Okay? Now I need a recap. Um, <laughs> just the kitzer, what we were learning last week leading up to this. Again, after the mimer begins with the opening pasuk, the Alter Rebbe doesn't present any questions. He, he asks the question, why are mitzvahs so... And this is, gonna take us, this is Mamash going to take only four minutes. <laughs> Not three minutes, four minutes. But this is the real four minutes. And that is that he begins with the question, why do we find that there's such a... a uh, that the sages make such a big deal about the deed of mitzvahs? Action, even more than Torah study. It's the deed of mitzvahs. And we say that every neshama has to come down in this world even again and again and again until it gets to do all the mitzvahs. And we come down in a Gilgal. Every, everybody comes down as a Kohen, Levi, Yisrael so that we can be, have the opportunity to do all the mitzvahs. And he explains that every mitzvah gives us a garment. And what's the garment? What is it? And, and the neshama needs, in order for the neshama to enter into Olam Haba, which over here means Yemoysa Mashiach and Tchias Amesim. The Nishama needs to have garments, or else it won't be able to go into that experience. Where does it get its garments? From the mitzvahs. So, what's the idea? Why is that? So, we spoke this, it's the Mamashti and Nekuda that we, we had been discussing earlier. And that is that um, there is godliness within creation. When God created the world, Hashem invested some of his power, some of his energy into the creation. But as we spoke earlier, that investment didn't even, even, doesn't even contain one iota of, of who God really is. It's only a ray of his light. It's like light emanating from a lamp. So the rays, it's just light. It's like, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not of substance. It's only, it's only light. So the, the power that's within the creation, what's in the universe and in the world is nothing to Hashem. And it's truly nothing. And therefore, let's understand something. All the godly, all the, let's say a non-Jew, someone who's not Jewish, living within the creation, wants to discover God and is looking to discover God through nature, for instance. People have been, many people came, Avram Avinu began his search for God through nature. And there are many, many millions of people in the world that have a deep connection to God through nature. What the Alter Rebbe, however, is establishing over here is that that relationship is not with God. That relationship is with godliness. Because in, 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 in creation of itself, there is no God there is godliness. What do I mean by that? God's, what I mean, the real substance of Ein Sof is not found within the creation. Because the creation is only receiving its vitality and its energy from a crumb of a crumb of a crumb of his light. That's all that it is. 
So therefore, exploring, reaching for, coming to know your creator from the creation is coming to know godliness. Now the Rebbe says, don't be harsh on people for that. That's true even about angels. Angels too explore God from within their reality. And when they explore God from within their reality, what are they encountering? The godliness that's within their reality, that is shining within their world. And that godliness that is shining within their world isn't God, it's only godliness. It's a higher godliness that we can experience in trees and in butterflies and by looking in the ocean or whatever. It's a higher godliness than we can see in the sunset. A malach can see when he's watching the sunset in the spiritual worlds. Believe me, it's far more spectacular than the sunset down here. So you get to see a greater display of godly power, but it's still godliness. Even a step higher than that. Even the shamas, souls, which are higher than angels, that are living in the most sublime levels of existence. Guess what? They are also only stuck in godliness. Everybody can only experience what we call, and I'm going to translate the word godliness into the words of the Mimer, what is called mamalekalalman. Mamalekalalman is godliness, it's not God. It's what fills all worlds, not God. The beauty of an Ishama coming down into our physical world as a Jew is here is where we're given the opportunity to have an encounter with God Himself. What's called the Sovev Kalalman, the infinite, abs- infinite and endless, the true true essence of God's light, who He really is. That becomes accessible in our world, Afka. Why? Hayom la'asoysam. Asher anoichi metzavcha hayom. Anoichi, my true being, I'm making myself available to you today. How? Through the act of a mitzvah. Not through Torah. Torah study, I'll tell you why the problem with Torah study. Torah study, because you're, through, in Torah study you're internalizing you can't internalize infinite light as it is. So Torah takes a little bit, some bit of it, and channels it into, the, into you internally. Mitzvah. Because in mitzvah, you're allowing the godliness to be godly. You're, not, not godliness. You're allowing, because we're saying, Hashem's infinite light bigger than you, and you're just surrendering to the light. What you're really doing, you're taking the Or Hasoyvev Kolalmin, and you're wrapping it around you. You're making a garment to your neshama. You're attaching yourself to the Sayyid of Kalama. When Moshiach comes after Tchiyas HaMesim, that's when it's going to be revealed. This light of the Sayyid of Kalama. And we're going to experience. Till then we don't. It remains a makif. And that's why we spoke about the Zohar, that the Zohar keeps on saying, we need mitzvahs, we need levushim. This Soiviv Kalalman, you can't take in a manner, today's days, you can't absorb it in a manner of panemius, internalizing it. You can only have it in a manner of makif, but that's your main avoid in this world, to accumulate makifim. Soiviv Kalalman. And that's how your neshama becomes, and he says, what does it do to the neshama? He says it makes the neshama become infinite. And that's what it means, I will make you into a goer amongst these stationary beings. As long as someone is living in a world of godliness, then they're called a stationary being, a oimate, they're stuck in one level. It's one level. Every world, every madrega, as we spoke last week, every world, every madrega is a level onto its own. And you're called an oimate, you're standing in one place. Only when you can tap into the makif light. And when you can tap into the makif light, 
then the neshama becomes a mahalach. He says that that's what we mean when you say birchus kriyashma, because I think this is very important still for the introduction. When we say birchus kriyashma, we emphasize this idea. We say by the blessings of the Shema every day. We say, God, you are mirumam, you are exalted. Misnase, you are elevated. You are above, higher from the days of the world. You're higher, 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 higher. And therefore the worlds have no grasp in you at all. When my neshama was existing in heaven, bathing in God's light, delighting in all the spiritual bliss and ecstasy of heaven, it's nothing. I didn't begin to know you. I begin begin to have a relationship with you. It's all, it's all just light. It's all just external rays. It's nothing. Like the Alter Rebbe used to cry out when he went into Dveikas, don't give me Gan Eden. Don't give me Olam Haba. It's nothing for me. Because I know it's true value. It's nothing. Hamerumam levade meyaz. It's higher. I'm sh- I can't. And therefore I'm asking, have mercy on me. Because I know the nothingness of it. And I want to be connected to you. Ooh, but here's what happens. But because the Abishter is has mercy on us, so he allows us to, dafka when we're in the physical world, to attach ourselves to his light. Yes, in a manner of makif, because the neshama can't facilitate it. And this is what we say, and Hashem connects to us in three makifim. Three makifim. We say like this. We say, um, we tzur mizgabenu, magen yishenu, mizgav badenu. Well, we spoke about this last week. Tzur mizgabenu, the, the rock of our, of our refuge. Mugain, the shield of our salvation, Yeshenu. Mizgov, the, the um, also, Mizgov Badenu, the one who shelters us. Or, or, or shields us, or, or uh, your fortress. I'm sorry, Mizgov Badenu, the fortress for us. These are three Lashonos, three, three expressions of seeing God as some kind of a shield. A shield is the outside. That's Hashem making Himself available to us through mitzvahs. All in a manner of makif. Why do we say it in three, in three, three makifim? Because the way we access that makif light is through mitzvahs. And mitzvahs come in three ways. Machshava, dibur, and amaisa. So we connect to that or makif through machshava, dibur, and amaisa. However, the Alter Rebbe says a very important thing. And this is what we opened up in today's discussion. That if a person thinks he can do mitzvahs and make that relationship, but try to do it without, as we spoke earlier, without a submission to God, it doesn't work. Because before, the, 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 in, before, the, before we say in the blessing, in other words, you can't make this connection with God just as a, as a, you know, a freelancer or as someone who's, you know, when I have time or if I want and if I this... I'm going to do the mitzvahs because the mitzvahs are pretty cool, God, because you, you like them. It doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? You can't get into tzur mizgabenu, magen yeshenu, mizgav badenu, without there's one word that says before that, adoin uzenu. Adoin uzenu means the master of our strength. 
knows I have to acknowledge that you're my master. Knows if I first submit to myself, you're my master, you're my boss, which as we spoke earlier, which means enters our, us into God's radar, now he takes an interest in us. Because once we're his subjects, I want to talk to you. If you're not my subject, don't even talk to me. But if you're my subject, you're willing to listen, you want to surrender, because that's my... Pl- if you're Adoin Uzenu, if you're... you're so the Alter Rebbe explains it. Adoin is like the general makif. The Abishter takes an interest. Once the Abishter takes an interest, then how do you connect to him through these three manners? Tzur mizgabeinu, magen yesheinu, mizgav badeinu. Baruch ata Hashem elekeinu, melech ha'olam. First it has to be, melech ha'olam. You're my king. You're my master. Then, asher kedishanu. Then you've, you've allowed me to touch your kedusha, your, 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 your transcendental holiness. But that's after what? Melech That's kind of where we're holding right now in the Mimer. Developing this idea further. How through mitzvahs, well, how does this connect to what we spoke earlier? How through mitzvahs we make contact with the Soviv Kalama, which in essence means God himself. And through Torah, and dafka through the act of the mitzvah more than through the learning, as he's going to explain in the piece we're going to learn right now, how learning doesn't really do it. Learning is only a little ray of the mitzvah. But the real mitzvah, <coughs> the real power is in the mitzvah itself. That's where God's will is in its full power, in its full might. It's not limited to, to our reality, to our understanding. So we can take the mitzvah as an or makif on our nefesh. And connect ourselves to something and to somebody that is truly infinitely truer and realer and abs- and, 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 and bigger than us. But then he's going to explain why Moshe Rabbeinu needed to now, that's what again, that's mitzvah's pechlal. Um, why Moshe Rabbeinu, because of the Chet HaMeraglim, needed to extend God's interest and to en- enable the mitzvah to be performed, even if what? There was a breach and an insult and an offense coming from the Jewish people, which chas v'shalom could have caused that Hashem's interest in our Torah mitzvah should have, should have like gone away. Okay? Chas v'shalom, if it, if it in any way caused a break in the adoinu zeinu, we needed to reestablish that. And then mitzvahs can continue. That's the theme of the mimer. Okay, we're holding over here now. Um, we're holding by the words the kavanas amitzvus. It's in middle of page lametes, the first column, the middle of perek beis. Right after the parentheses. The line begins with the word Liyoy Simcha Shal Mitzvah. And then comes Vekavanas HaMitzvahs. And that's where we're, we're holding. So the Rebbe is explaining over here, the main thing is the performance of the mitzvah with a simple bittel, because God said so. Then you make, then... As we said earlier, that's where the frequency is between the Ein Sof and the creations. 
That's God's interest in creation, that there should be subjects that will serve him. But you have to be a subject. You're not one of, you don't want to play the game then of subject, then you're not, you're, not, you're, you're not in the game. <laughs> you know, sometimes, I don't know why this marshal came to me. It's a stupid marshal, but I'm sorry. But I don't know. I have silly things in my head, so that's why silly things come to me. You ever go to the amusement parks and there is, there is a game that's starting and you have to throw the balls and the horses run. As, you're, as you, if you get the ball in um, or you shoot the water and it has to go in the mouth of the and, and then the balloon is blowing or the horses are racing. I don't know, really silly games. So there are players that play. In order to play, you have to give $5 or whatever it is. Then you play and if you win, you get a big bunny rabbit or a big teddy bear right everybody's been there and seen those things okay I don't like to give the five dollars to play the games because, but, so I want to stand over there and throw the balls but what happens is that they don't push the button for you have like ten places so they push the button one two three you know, like, so number three is playing number five is playing number eight is playing number two is playing if I'm going as number six and I'm not giving him the three dollars the the guy doesn't push my, my button. My light is not on. If my light is not on, I can sit and roll bulls from today till tomorrow. The horses aren't moving. Okay, it's not in the race. You can, you can, do, it, can, can do from today till tomorrow. If this one is not activated, it's not activated. That's what the Alter Rebbe is saying over here. If you don't submit yourself with Kabbalah, you're not in the game. So you can do the mitzvah, but the mitzvah isn't activated. Are you going to say, if so, does that question the Rebbe's mitzvah? This seems to go against um, the, the, the whole idea of Miftzayim. What's Miftzayim? You meet a Jew on the street. And the Jew Beferish is not living his life with Kabbalah's Eul Malchus Shemayim, with the acceptance of the yoke of heaven. It's not like, you know, you're doing it. You have a Jew, an observant Jew. The person obviously recognizes God as the, the master of his life, and he wants to keep his mitzvahs. Okay, everybody messes up once in a while. You need to, you know, that's why we have Yetzirah. But in general, we want to be good Yidin, and we want to do Hashem's mitzvahs. But if you meet someone on the street and the guy's not really interested and you tell him, let's put on tefillin, he does the tefillin one time, and he thinks, because the tefillin is a nice thing, it's a nice Jewish thing. So he puts on the tefillin. So if the mitzvah isn't activated, unless there's Kabbalah Selmach Hashemayim, what's the significance of giving Shabbos candles to women? And what's the significance? The answer is, that being that it's a Jew, so really this neshama has been waiting all their life to be able to do that one mitzvah and wants to be a servant of Hashem. It's only that what circumstances in their life with a lot of kalipa surrounding them because of whatever it is has disconnected them from their own will that they want to be a servant. And the Rebbe, because we're going as emissaries from a tzaddik and from the leader of the generation, it's for that reason that when we approach the Jew and we say, do you want to put on tefillin? It's, 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 it's coming from a place where I do want to do it because God said so, not for any other reason. And even though maybe you won't see that, that window will not open up, and tomorrow you'll meet them and say, no, I put it on yesterday, and yesterday it might not be. But at this moment, what's really happening is the deepest desire of the Jew is to do it. But for someone who does know, that's a good limutzchus. It's not just a limutzchus, it's the reality for people who don't know, do mitzvahs once in a while because you do a mitzvah with them. But when it comes to our own selves, we have to realize that our, our Yiddishkeit cannot, we can never reach chas v'shalom a point where we, we say, you know what, okay, you know, so things, things in Yiddishkeit that I like, that I do, things that I don't like and I don't do, I don't have to follow Shulchan Aruch. 
And, and when I do things, I do them because I like to do so, not because so I must do. If, 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 the, if there's no, then there's no, there's no yachas. Your, your, your light is not on. Because there's no, there's no connection. The connection that God takes an interest in the universe is because you'll be his subject. And if, if you don't acknowledge that, then the, 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 point of, the point of connection isn't there. And that's what the Alter Rebbe said it very strongly in Siv Bays. I don't want to read this over because we learned it last week, but I wanted to re re iterate or whatever the word is. Reiter, reiterate. Thank you. Okay, now we're holding over here. The Kavanis mitzvahs. So if so, is a person supposed to have Kavan in the mitzvah? Maybe you should shut down all your feelings and intentions in mitzvahs and just do them like a robot, like a servant without any. So the Rebbe says, no. God doesn't want you to do the mitzvahs feeling like you know, stamping your feet and angry that you have to do it. God wants you to be happy. Not only does he want you to be a subject, he wants you to be happy to be a subject. Because that's the MS. The MS is there's nothing greater that we can be his subjects. So, and that, what does that do? That adds more fuel for simcha shal mitzvah, for the joy of a mitzvah. When a person understands the kavana of the mitzvah, that through this your neshama is becoming one with the ur makif, like we spoke earlier, you're getting a garment to your neshama, and you are unifying with the ain't self. Right? That's all part of the kavana. That's not why you do the mitzvah. You do the mitzvah because God said so. But then, by knowing that in the back of your mind, that that's what's happening, what does that do? That adds simcha of the mitzvah more than everything. Because everything, roiv kol, means everything that's happening in Gan Eden. And remember what we spoke earlier, everything that's happening in Gan Eden, even though Gan Eden is full with thrills and enjoyments, it's all what? Only godliness, which is nothing in compared to God. And in a mitzvah, you have God himself. So when you meditate and understand that, that's called kavana of the mitzvah. Then you have simcha shal mitzvah. And what does simcha shal mitzvah do? Simcha shal mitzvah opens you up to become a keli for godly light to shine inside of you. And the Alter Rebbe says something very powerful over here. Because all of this hasaga, all the immense knowledge and comprehension that the great tzaddikim, the great saintly men have grasped, was only because of joy of a mitzvah. It was only simcha shal mitzvah That, you know, it says the reason why the Arizal, we spoke about this last week, we mentioned it, merited to have such hasaga, such understanding, is only because of Simcha Shal Mitzvah. And the same is also the reason why uh, the Baal Shem Tov had such hasaga, because Simcha Shal Mitzvah. So the joy of a mitzvah is very important. That comes by, by having, knowing the kavana of the mitzvah, learning chasidis, know what's happening. And he's going to explain this idea. That's because, but that's, that, 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 that's hasaga. Let's understand something. And that's great. Hasaga is wonderful. Hasaga meaning that you can have great, the Balshemt of the Ariza, a great hasaga, but that still doesn't come close to the mitzvah itself. The mitzvah itself is beyond hasaga. No one can be masig. No one can have an apprehension. Hasaga means to grasp what the mitzvah is. Even the biggest tzaddikim have no clue. You can't be masig. It's ain't sof. It's makif. It will be makif until until Then we will experience it because we'll become one with it. 
Till then it's market. What, what the kavana of the mitzvah does is that it allows a little bit of that light to enter into you, to open up, to expand your moichin, to expand your mind, and to shine light in, inside. And that's important as well. And that's what he says now, because it says, because it says in the Pasik, Oita Oyer Kasalma. That light wrap, Hashem wraps himself in light like a garment. So now what the Alta Rebbe is gonna do, I know sometimes things can the Alta Rebbe is gonna flip something around. See, we've been using till now. We've been using till now. What have we been using? We've been using the analogy of a garment for the mitzvah. The mitzvahs are the garment for the neshama. It's the manner in which the neshama accesses the soyvev kolalman light, and it becomes a garment until Mashiach comes. It's a garment, and then once after Mashiach comes and after Tchiyas HaMesim, it's no more a garment. It becomes who we are. We become one with that of light. Okay? That's a garment. Now he's going to use another muscle for a garment, but now he's using the garment muscle for something else. The garment is not... Oh. He's going to make Torah now, the garment for the mitzvah. The mitzvah is the inside. Torah is the garment for the mitzvah. And what does that mean? He's going to use the idea of a garment to be to, for the idea of a wrapper, chitzonius, external. As the idea of a wrapper, an idea of a chitzonius, the ge'inian. Meaning to tell us like this. As we mentioned earlier, the mitzvah itself is Hashem's ratzon. And Hashem and His will are one. It's infinite boundless. No one can comprehend the mitzvah. Oh, but the mitzvah couches itself, encloses itself in garments, which try to explain the mitzvah. Those, that's Torah. He's going to say all of Torah is just explanation of mitzvahs. Whether we're dealing with halacha, whether we're dealing with the revealed part of the Torah, what is it? Halacha. If you're learning any subject in Torah, what are you learning? An explanation of a mitzvah. You could be learning Masech the Sukkah, to learn about how to make a sukkah, how to do the mitzvah of sukkah, to learning Masech the Shabbos, how to keep Shabbos proper, Masech the Rosh Hashanah, how to blow shofar, Masech the Yumant, how to conduct yourself on Yom Kippur. Every, every, every Masech the Shviyas, the mitzvah of Shemitah, every, every, every Masech, every part of Torah is explaining another mitzvah. Now, that's when we're dealing with the revealed part of the Torah. How about the hidden part of the Torah? The hidden part of the Torah, the esoteric part of the Torah, is also here to explain the deeper meanings of mitzvahs. So Torah is just an explanation on mitzvahs. So sometimes people think, right, that uh, sometimes you might think that the, uh, the explanations are greater than the act of the mitzvah itself, but obviously it's not that way. If this is an explanation for that, then that is, that is much bigger than, than the explanations for it. And that's what the Altareb is explaining over here. That the mitzvah itself, which is God's will, is infinitely bigger than all the explanations. So the Torah is only considered an oita or Hashem wraps himself in light. Light is Torah. Torah or, Torah light. Kasalma, like a, like, a, like a garment. It's only an external garment to something much deeper, to a will that he can't explain. That a will that is inexplainable, rather to say. A will that doesn't have any, ex- any explanation. He's explaining as much as could be explained through Torah, 
but that's just a nothing of an explanation. It doesn't really explain the mitzvah. Even when you're learning it with all the secrets of the Arizal, you're still not getting to the essence of the mitzvah. And therefore, what does that lead to? The mitzvah is the highest. The highest, the highest. And how do you do the mitzvah? With simple submission. Because God said so. Then you want to get the light of the mitzvah. The light. So that you can have delight, pleasure, from the light of the mitzvah. That's, that's the Torah part of it. That's kavanah sa mitzvah. That's kavanah. But that's secondary to the mitzvah itself, to the awesomeness of the mitzvah. So as we learn over here, kavanah sa mitzvah, oh hold on, kihinexiv oita oir kasalma, sha'ores oira toira, the radiance of the light of toira, hurak pchena salma, it's only a garment. Vulavush le pchena sa mitzvah, it's a garment to the mitzvah. Why? Because Torah emanates from the attribute called Chachma. And Chachma, and in God's Chachma, and Hashem's wisdom, is enclosed the Ratzon Elyon Baruch Hashem's supernal will. Shoresh Which is the root of the mitzvahs. The mitzvahs come from the will, which is higher than God's wisdom. Like we see, up there in heaven it is that way. That the Torah is a lavush, it's a garment, because chachma is a garment to the will. But down here we also see that. That in our Torah, hen benigla, whether we're learning the nigla, the revealed part of the Torah, hen benister, whether we're learning the secrets and the esoteric parts of the Torah, who medaberes bin yonei mitzvahs. Torah talks about the inyan of a mitzvah. She derech biru pirish mitzvahs. It's an explanation on the mitzvahs. The entire Masech the Sukkah is an explanation to the mitzvah of Sukkah. How should you make a Sukkah? It's coming to explain Karbanos. And the same is also in the esoteric parts. The mitzvahs are God's will. The mitzvah is Hashem's desire to be in a relationship with us through the mitzvah. The mitzvah is the tamshach, the, 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 the very, when you're doing the mitzvah, this is what God desires in His world. So that's why it's, betaryag mitzvah is the rise of Isaiah, mitzvah is the Rabbanan, and the 613 commandments and seven rabbinic commandments, shem tarach amude oir, which are 620 pillars of light. That's why they're called pillars because just like a pillar connects the roof to the ground, throw to the mitzvahs are God's essential will, which are what is calling all of creation into existence, and what is that Abishter's inner purpose of all of creation, is he wants to be present in the lowest of all worlds as we do his mitzvahs. Now, which is the Abishter's will, to have a dwelling place in this world through these 613 mitzvahs. I will dwell amongst them. But what does the Torah do? And that's why the mitzvah itself, in its pure state, is like, it's just un, unlimited, un, un, unrestricted, just pure will. A will to be in a relationship. And the general idea, I want a sukkah, I want Shabbos, I want this, I want that. But since you're dealing with a fine... Oh, now, what is the Torah then? 
The Torah is the Ebishter's Chachma. Hamagbeles umitzamtzemes al eza oifentia hashravadirizu. The Torah comes to set borders and boundaries and details. How will this dwelling of Hashem, Hashem wants a dwelling place in this lowest world, how will it happen? So we have the general idea of a sukkah, but not every sukkah is okay. There has to be specifications of which sukkah and how the sukkah needs to be. Kamoi mitzvah sukkah shalal be or mitzvah sukkah. So the, like the mitzvah sukkah, which is the explanation of mitzvah sukkah, sheer eich sukkah, the amount of how should be the sukkah. Ksheira. Vetzalta meriba machamta. And that there should be more, more shade than sun. Vishaloiti gavoy me'esramam, and it shouldn't be more than 20 cubits. It's all explaining how will the tzimtzum, how will the contraction and the limitation <coughs> to limit <coughs> to limit the hamshach of the oirin soif that it can't <coughs> reveal itself. Only in the manner in the Ebishter's Chachma is Machayim. It's a little bit interesting because if you're learning the Mimer, I think, but I, don't, I think this is considered the way I'm, I'm understanding it right now, it's probably superficial. Because what it seems to be saying, and which bothers me, is that Mitzvah the Mitzvah itself, there isn't these limitations of it needing to be 20 less than the Sukkah, for instance. A Sukkah, the Ebishter wants a Sukkah. You can make a Sukkah from here to Kanarsi. You can make a sukkah with schach going up here, making it with any branches you want. <coughs> the main thing is you should sit outside in God's tent. How, what, where, and when? Comes chachma. And chachma, mitzad the eberstus, chachma, all the details of the mitzvahs emerge. That's what it seems to be saying. In other words, it's in the Torah element of the mitzvah, not in the essential, essential will. The mitzvah seem to be saying, what he's saying over here, <coughs> what he seems to be saying, is that the <coughs> mitzvahs themselves are very broad. And the tzimtzumim, and the contractions of how it should be, oh, now you could say, and here, here you could say, but I'm, there's something, something is bothering me to say so. But we could say, it's almost like this. The, the restrictions of the Torah are coming to protect the mitzvah. Because if the Oren Saif would come down, as is, without any protections, the bad guys would get it. So you need to have the Ebishter's Chachma limiting it and completely setting up the setting so that the Orin Soif that comes down into the world should be safe, protected, shielded, and not be chas v'shalom, leaked into the wrong places. Tashmira. Then comes out that all the details of the mitzvah are not shayich to the Ratzin itself. They're only shayich to the Chachma that comes later that limits. And that's what he seems to be saying. What, but for some reason, it's, I, I feel this, uh, that it can't be this way. It has to be that the details of the mitzvah are in Ratzana Elyon also. When the Abish the desired mitzvah shoifar, he, he, his, his desire in it is mamish with the details as well. Mitzad Ratzan, not only Mitzad Chachma. Uh, 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 it's intrinsic to how God wants to express himself. Because then, if, if you don't say so, so how, how many details do you want to take away? If you take away Hilchah Shabbos from Shabbos, so what does the Abish want? A resting day? 
That's it, just resting day. And it doesn't really make a difference how you rest. Kind of if you just, you know, sit and watch TV all day in bed, that's also resting day. Yeah. And then Hilchis Shabbos come to tell you what does it mean, Lamites Malachis. It's very hard to accept that. So I, 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 think, I think there's... Uh, let's read this again. He says, the mitzvah, the mitzvah, the Abishter wants to have a dwelling place down here. But could be, if I'm going back to the words, it could be the words that, I, that, that maybe are the key to it. If you look inside, he says, is It explains and it expounds on how it needs to be. But not that it creates these, 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 these explanations. It just elaborates and it, and it brings it to us. It's very hard to accept that the details of the mitzvahs begin only in Chachma, but the and, and, and higher than Chachma, the mitzvahs are allowed details. Can't be, you know. I'm, I'm sure that's not what he means. But fill in the because then, 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 uh, whatever, it just doesn't work. Al Eiza Oifin Tia Ashraz Vedidazu, but fill in Merubas, that fill in have to be. Oh, are you going to say that Mitzad the Abishter's fill in, Mitzad the Ratzon's fill in can be, I don't know what, take, take parchments. And, 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 and with, with, with Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekein Hashem Echad, just plain parchment and, 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 and stick it on your head with glue. Oh, then it has to be tefillin with four corners. Then it has to be a square, not round. It has to be black. And not, oh, that comes from the Ebershtas Chachma. Can't say that. So obviously you have to say that Torah is just... In Chachma it becomes... That, that's what it could be. It could be that in the wisdom, it becomes pronounced. It becomes noticed. It becomes recognized. I can't say that it's not there, that it doesn't, pre- doesn't exist in the will. You have to say the will of the Abishter is that tefillin should be in a box, for a, cor- a square, I mean, a, 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 you know, a, a square box, with, for sure. It's just the Torah reveals it. You have to say so. Or it's Suyashchairais. And black retsuyas, chains vachim, same as a carbon be'eza oifin. Al kapanim, what is the Torah doing? The Torah is discovering the details. It's discovering the nuances. It's not creating it. Okay, I'm, I, 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 I refuse to accept that. Yet the Torah is creating. What do you want to say? Yeah. So then the practical aspects of it are not essential to the desire. Yeah, but it's, it's a technical element. Can we say that about the details of mitzvahs? You could say, in other words, put it this way. We know that mitzvahs are, are, are right. It's only because the Ebesh to Seif Kol is dealing with a world. And in the world, there's a world of limitations. So you have to limit the mitzvah with all these limitations. But mitzvah, the mitzvah itself, it's just pure... 
it's hard. It's, I feel like it's, 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 this needs Hesber. This needs explanation. It's, 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 not, it's not smooth to, 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 to walk away and say that this just, to read it for face value, just on what, what it seems to be saying. The Alter Rebbe says later that the Ratzon itself is called Lavnunais. It's like the whiteness. And the Torah is like the hair. It's like the skull and the hair. Which means the Torah is already the hair of the details. Little, 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 little details emerging. Right? But, but, but where do the details come from? That's the idea. The details, soif kol soif, the hair also grows from the skull. It has to come from it. It's just that's not visible yet. It's not visible. You have to say that in the Ratzon, there is a perfect Ratzon of what the Eberster wants. You can't say that the Ratzon is just pure will and, and, and without, without design. Yes. We're saying the opposite. He's saying the opposite over here. The Chachma is showing us the mitzvah. The Chachma is bringing the mitzvah into our reality. The mitzvah is the ratzon, is the will. Too deep, too high, too... It needs the Chachma to kind of find, to find channels, to channel its way down here. The problem I'm having over here is he seems to be implying that the details of a mitzvah are only emerging or only stemming from Chachma. They're not in the mitzvah itself. I know that the Rebbe has said, and why, why am I bothered by this? Because the Rebbe has said many times, and many Fabrengans, and it's very clear about this, that all the differences that there are in significance between certain parts of, of mitzvahs, you hear? And certain parts of mitzvahs that we say that this part of the mitzvah is like is, is like essential. If, if you're missing this, then the whole mitzvah, is, you, you didn't fulfill the mitzvah. Then there are certain things which are pretty important, but your mitzvah is still okay even if you didn't have that. Then there are certain things which are just considered beautifying the mitzvah. And then there are certain things which are considered beautifying of beautifying. It's like a real hider, hider. It's just a minhag. It's like we do it this way, whatever. So the Rebbe said many times that all those differences in value in which we say, oh, this is important. It's not so important. So that's all when we're dealing with chachma. And chachma decides... Chachma decides like, how important this is and how important that is. But if you go deeper than the Chachma and you're touching God's will, in the will there's no parts. And since in the will there's no parts, even the Hidr Shebe Hidr Shebe Mitzvah, the, the most external part, what you think is like the most insignificant part of the Mitzvah, has the same will and the same, <coughs> the same Tkifus like the whole thing. And the example the Rebbe even said by Yafar Brengen, is we all know that before Pesach, we're all so busy with chametz and matzah. Pesach. The matzah we know is very important. Matzah is super important. And getting rid of chametz, super important. And everybody knows the work that goes into it. And then, as part of getting rid of the chametz, you do bedikas chametz. Which is rabbinic. It's not even dairaisa. Bedikas chametz. Rabbinic. In the bedikas chametz itself, you walk around and you search with a candle. Candle much better than a flashlight. 
I mean, certain places you can't look without a flashlight. You need to use a flashlight. But the candle, you understand, Chazal said, to the light of an air. Okay? Don't go under the beds with the nair. You might put your whole house on fire. Use a flashlight. But nair, very important. Ten pieces that we put around, important, because we know, just in case you don't find anything, oh, they say no because the mitzvah is to search. Still, we put out apikabala. We put out ten pieces. Important. Very important. But not as important as the kazayas of matzah, right? But then there's something else, which seems to be just like a children's thing because you have to have the kids involved. And that is that you walk around with a feather and a spoon. That comes in every Vedika's Chamet set. A candle, a bag, a feather, and a spoon. No one in the world knows what in heaven's name you need that feather and that spoon. Some people think that maybe if you find the little crumbs, you put the spoon and you take the feather. The worst thing you're going to do is you try to use the, try to get the feather and smear crumbs into the spoon. You're going to get it everywhere. Not the best thing to use. Use a damp, uh, a damp uh, what's it called again, paper towel. You'll do much better than using a feather and a spoon. Okay, so the, the least important thing in Pesach is the spoon, no? Or the feather. The Rebbe said, that's all if you're looking at it from the Ebeshter's Chachma. But if you're looking at Pesach from the Ebeshter's Ratzon, there's no difference in the Kazayas Matzah that you eat Pesach by night to the spoon that you take along in Bedikas Chavetz. Because in everything lies God's will. And where the will is, there's no differentiation between this is a bigger part of the will and this is a bigger, smaller part of it. When the Ebeshter wants Pesach, he wants Pesach with all of its details, including the feather and including this. But the Ratzon, there is no difference. And if your Yiddishkeit is because of the reasons of it, then you sit and you make, this is important, this is not so important. But if you're, you're devoted to God's will, there isn't a minor detail that you don't give it your fullest attention. That's what the Rebbe says. So how does that fit with what the, his very grandfather says in this mimer? And I'm sure the Rebbe knows the mimer of his grandfather. In where the Alter Rebbe seems to be in saying that mitzad ratzayin, there is no, the details of the mitzvahs, and it all begins in chachma, is where you have the spe- specifications. That's why I'm having a hard time with this. Because it's not sitting well to say that. So you have to say that, of course, the detail and detail should be mitzvahs in the Ratzin already, but it's not noticed. It's not nizbo'er in, in, until Torah. And Chachma figures that out. What would that mean in a person's psychological? Psy. Um, okay, I don't know. I give up on it to try to figure this out right now. This needs, this needs some more thought. What the Alter Rebbe means by this. In any case, whatever, and that's why the Torah is considered food. Why, what, what is the connection of it being food? The main idea is that since Torah is dealing with the details, see, mitzvah is the general thrust of the thing. It's the, it's the will of God, it's some total will. Torah is relating to the details. The details and the these are the nuances. This is something that you can internalize. The mitzvah itself can't internalize. That's why Torah is called food, because food is what you can take inside. On the one hand, Torah is a, is a garment. It's a garment to the mitzvah, meaning it's external to the mitzvah. On the other hand, to the neshama, Torah becomes the food. The mitzvah, which is inside the garment, that becomes the garment to the neshama. To guard the neshama with the infinite light of God. 
Upchenas pnimius. Tyre is the pnimius shenetfeses can be grasped, v'nikletes, and it can be absorbed by asagas hanefesh in the person's asaga. Nahainu, oifane hatzimtum v'hagbala. That we can understand already. The different keitzat tiyashras oirin soif baruchu. How will the oirin soif dwell? Henal derech nigla, whether it's in the revealed part. The henal derech anister, whether in the concealed part. Beganeden. As, as they learn Torah in Gan Eden, over there they learn the details of every mitzvah, but they learn the spiritual meaning of the details of every mitzvah. But the mitzvah itself, incomprehensible. The nefesh cannot behold the mitzvah. The mitzvah itself remains makif, above. Just like chachma, is a simla, is a garment, and a lavush. Lahainu lavush, it's a garment, lepchenas ratzon v'taino ge'elyon. It's a garment to the will and to the supernal pleasure. Shu lepchenas atzmi yashalamayin lepchenas lavush. Which is the essence that's higher than a lavush. Okay. V'yuvan zagam came in mashakos of haramaz, b'pidrish hazoyah parshas b'amidbar, b'dav kuf yudches ha'madal, v'namaz ch'yisrol manasam rizbarchen, it's the internal garment shall arich shu rotsen elyon einsha. Vezehu shat Torah shu pchenas salma levush lepchenas hamitzvus. This is what the Torah is considered a, a salma, a garment to the mitzvah. I'm asher kasim zayid bebir kibiyev zayachaper bein levush ketelik chiver vekach gam baadam. Okay, this is what I wanted to get to. Vekach gam baadam. So too in the human being, yedias kavanas hamitzvus. Knowing the intentions of the mitzvahs, that's only a garment, to the mitzvah itself. And what is the mitzvah itself by the human being? What's your essence of your doing of the mitzvah? Your understanding of the mitzvah is considered external and compared to the most important part of the mitzvah, and that is doing it because God said so. Because anyways, the, the will itself is bigger than you, Incomprehensible, you do it because God said so. Why are you li? Why are you me to me? Because avadim, because you're my servants. Through this, that you will be simple servants. Then you're going to belong literally to me. will understand. Now he's going to explain the idea of Koyach Ad. Why after the Chetam Eraglim, Moshe Rabbeinu went to Davin va'ato yigdal na Koyach Ad. To have Ato yigdal na, he's going to explain like this. Adna, as we said earlier, that's God being a king. Where is God being a king in the world? Only when a Jew is doing a mitzvah. That's where God is being a king. He's being listened to. A Jew is doing a mitzvah. Hashem is being a, a master over that person. That's the power of Aleph, Dalit, Nun, Yud, Adonai. Hashem is my Adon, my master. Koach Adna is the power of the Ein Sof. We said earlier, in that mitzvah, what comes down? We said earlier, when I remember the beginning of the class, I said, not only does God ask you to be his servant, once you're his servant, he didn't tell you to chop wood. He could have told you to chop wood. And that would be special. But that would be only Adna. That would not be Koyach Adna. Koyach Adna is what is Hashem giving us to do? Mitzvahs. Things that are of His inner will. Deepest will. 
Ratzon. It's coming through Adna. It's the power. Let's see. Adna Ubchenes Malchusa is Barach. Adna Oisi is Dina. Adna is the same letters as Din. As we know, a king, his relationship is through judge is through judgment. Gavura. Dina the Malchusa Dina. The dinim of a king is a din. Doing the mitzvah, because God is the melech. What's the koach adna? That's the ain't sof the soiviv kolalman. I'm nimshach al yedei kabbalas malchusa yisbarach b'maisa hamitzvus. When I'm doing the mitzvah as a servant, then through the act of a mitzvah, what happens? We spoke earlier. I'm able to connect to the Or Makif, to the Or in because God Himself is interested now in my Avoida and what I'm doing, and He's allowing me to connect to Him in the doing of the mitzvah. That's the Koyach Adna, Kaniskaliel. Why is it called Koyach? The Koyach. So here this is Gavaldig. Why is it called Koyach? A power. So simply, it's, the, it's a great power. It's an infinite power. It's the, it's the Ein Sof. But why Dafka Koach? See, one of the things we find the idea of Koach is, how do you see the strength? One of the ways we can demonstrate the strength of a human being. How much strength does a human being have in his arm? So my strength is pretty, pretty not, too, not, too, not, not, too, not too not too strong. Okay, how far can I throw already a... Uh, uh, something in the air. How far can I throw a, a, a baseball? And at what speed can I throw a baseball? But then you have, you know, a major league pitcher. He can throw that ball at 90, 90 miles an hour. And it can go pretty far. If you're throwing it at such speed, this ball can fly. So what's really the ball? The ball is a domain. The ball can't move. The strength that's in the arm of this person who's been throwing balls all his life, right? So he developed that muscle and that power. He releases that power with his quick and incredible strength as, he's, as his hand is releasing this energy from his hand. That called the koach. And what is that doing? Carrying that ball and, and working against gravity because nature, gravity pulls everything down. This is working against the force of gravity to carry that bull. Now, where was that power before? Now, if we have a room full of people and a whole bunch of people who got together and it's, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a luncheon and everybody's eating sushi and, uh, and crackers and tuna fish. I don't know what else. People are in a room. And someone comes over to me and he says, you know, here's Tamais over here. You see that guy over there? You know who that is? I say, who is that? He says, that guy is uh, the pitcher for the Dodgers. He's so-and-so. I say, huh? Okay. I can be sitting and eating and doing the same thing that he's doing. The koyach that he's got in throwing that ball is not seen because it's inside his arm. I don't know, maybe unless he's not wearing a shirt. And you see his bulging muscles, face was... I don't know, his kayak, we all have the uh, whatever. But, how do you know? Okay, if we go outside and we go into the thing and everybody starts throwing the ball and you see how I throw the ball and this one throws the ball then he takes the ball and throws it. So the kayak was revealed. So as long as the kayak is inside the guy's hand, what? 
It's inside him, it's not seen. It has to come to a state of display. And how is it displayed? It's displayed when it's action, when it's picking up an inanimate object and it's throwing it in the air. Now, or we can say the heavier the object, let's say if it's not throwing a ball, it's throwing something, a stone, right? So then the, the, and the, the harder, the heavier something is, and if I can make that, the koyach is being displayed even in a bigger way. The Alter Rebbe says an amazing thing. He's going to explain. This whole creation is considered domain, an inanimate object. The entire creation. Malachim, Nishamis, the galaxies, the endless spiritual worlds, with everything that they have inside of it, to Hashem, it's all like a stone. An inanimate object, it's nothing. For that stone, for that... Now, when an Ashama, which is part of this nothingness, and when a human being, part of this nothingness, is lifted up and is thrown up. Thrown up how high? To join the infinite. That's when you see Koach Adna. The Koach Adna that can take an inanimate Metzius, like a ball or a thing, and throw it up so high. And that's why the Koyach, what a mitzvah is all about. Mitzvahs are all about to allow for this inanimate, insignificant beings to be lifted out of their insignificance and become unified with the Abishter's absoluteness and his infinite MS and his infinite reality. Ooh, wow. So there's where you see the Abishter's real power. Koach Adna, the power of Adna, the power of this whole idea of Malchus, of Melech, of the Abishta's relationship with his creation, is that he allows his creation through the mitzvahs, which are this, it's basically a powerful pull that the Abishta pulls something out of absolute nothingness to make it real, infinite, and part of God. And that's the mitzvah. That's called Koyach Adna. Just like the power to lift, let's read it inside. Koyach is to reveal a something that's concealed. The power that's in a person's hand, to throw a stone. It's an inanimate object. Naturally, it follows the laws of gravity. It falls down below. But then when you throw it, it soars through the air, through the sky, through the air. And this power, when it was in the hand of the person before he threw the stone, it wasn't recognized. And you don't know this guy's a Dodger pitcher or this guy's just a regular, a regular uh, whatever. Once you pick up and everybody throws and he throws, oh, then you see the power that was in the hand. So too, can we see God's power? Ah, can you lift up a human being? We say to the Avishter, let's see your power. Can you lift me up and make me part of you? To lift up the stone from the air. So to the, the power of the Oren Seif, that comes down below, all the worlds and all creations, in front of Hashem, they are, they're all an inanimate thing. Like it says, from the earth that is in the um, 
floor of the Mishkan is referring to all the worlds. Makam Shechinasa Yisbarach. The Mishkan is Mishkan is the Shechina. Karka HaMishkan is the is the bottom of the Shechina, the source of, so to speak, of life to the world. Afar is referring to the Malachim and the Neshamas. They're all. What are they? Even these amazing beings. What are they? Just little earth. Earth from the Shechina. They're called earth. Because to him, they're nothing. The power that allows this earth, this, this, this stone, this inanimate object of a soul, um, uh, that's drawn to them, that comes from above, this is what gives them the opportunity to do a mitzvah, and elevates them, to become absorbed in the Oyer Hashem. The Koyach Zeh, who are Malbish, and that power is this garment. We spoke about earlier that we come down in this world to get garments. Isn't this amazing? Just like when you throw a stone, what happens? The power of the, of the, of the, of the pitcher. Okay? He's taking his power, and he's makif. It's, it's not going inside the ball. The ball doesn't change. It's carrying it from the outside. It's like the power is encircling this ball and in that rush of force that he released that carries the ball across so too the Eibishter's the mitzvah is lifting up the person's body and neshama and becoming a garment for it a surrounding force to lift the neshama and work against gravity which gravity? the gravity of finitude and nothingness of this, of this creation existence, to force against it and break out of this atmosphere and to become one with the infinite space, which means in our case, the infinite ain't sof. For the neshama to become enveloped in the wrapper of life, as Hashem mamish, to become included in God, literally. As the Pasuk says, in the glory of God, Ya'asfecha will gather you in. The Abishta will gather the Neshama in. It's a gravity, a pull of gravity from above. It's pulling the object from down upward. Like the power that's carrying the stone, Lamaila, upward, by Avir in the ear. That power encircles the stone. From every side, it doesn't let him fall. It says that Hashem will carry us on His wings. So the words Evrasai is gematrish and amitzvah shenikre Evrasai because they're called His His limbs. Remach pikudin, remach evarim the malka, the two hundred and forty-eight limbs of the king. Shebehem val yadam through them Yisaeihu He lifts them up. Umagbiam lemaila. Vayim bereim ehem the pashas pinchas dafresh lametches. Beis Amnam b'Makamach Rapasik Nesha. You know his bash is that called Atshuva. That is referring to Tshuva. He was referring to Yisaeu. All of Rashi is referring to uh, referring to Mitzvahs. Shalidei Yisaeu Ayin Shal. Okay, so good. So that's Koyach Adma. Now Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, Oh, Va'atayigdal Mo Koyach Adma. What's going on now? They sinned. The Jewish people insulted God. They offended Him. Who said He's interested anymore in lifting them up? Who says there's an interest in Mitzvahs? For mitzvahs to come down, Moshe can feel that there's something going on over here. There isn't the same kind of a love. There isn't that same kind of a of an affection that the Abishter wants their mitzvahs. Wants that. As we said earlier, imagine when Adam was in Ganeid and the Abishter wanted his mitzvahs. Now that he's hanging out in, 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 in uh, I don't know where, 
that wherever he is, that doesn't, that doesn't, that, 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 over there he doesn't want that relationship. In other words, we redefined Tachtainim. We fell down to a much lower place. So now, if the Abishta can lift up and can connect to a lower Tachtain and connect, what does that mean? It's The power has to be stronger. For very simple, if I throw something from here to the top of the Empire State Building, I need a lot, a lot of strength. A lot of strength to be able to do that. It's a lot. But if, I, but if whatever, I'm throwing it to, a, to a much higher than that, I need more strength. So now, after the Chet Aglim, since the Yidna have fallen, so the Koyach Adna needs to be Yigdal. Make your power of Koyach Adna to lift us up through your mitzvahs, become, show its deeper strength, that you can even lift up somebody and somebody, someone that has fallen. Elifi, as he says, Shahoya Chet Aglim, Godel Ma'oid, it was a very big sin. Bikish Moshe, Moshe's davening, Va'ata Yigdal Ma'koyach Adna, Sheyum Shech Ve'yispashet Koyach Zer Lamata, below, Achafilu Dover Shanafal Lamata Ma'oid, even something that fell very low, Yagbiya Ve'yanase Be'koyach Zer, he should lift it up with this power. Ve'zau Kash, Ve'kasha Dibarta Le'moy Rashem Erech Apayim, that's what we said earlier, means God's long face. What does it mean? Like you said, like you have said, Hashem Erechapayim. What does that mean? We mentioned this earlier. Face is when you're giving somebody Ashpa, when you, when you want to be in a relationship with them. But that is karvus and a take of closeness. Va'ava and love, chiba and affection. Which isn't the case of a person's back. is like a person throws something over his shoulder. The erech apayim. What does it mean? A long face. Pidishiye gilui ze aruch. That his face, which is God's desire for a relationship, for closeness, should extend longer, lower. V'nimshach ad lamata ma'oid. It should go down even lower. V'ashpazu mepchinas. Oh, and that's the idea. Now, v'ashpazu mepchinas kasha di bartolemer. What does he mean in the middle? He says v'ata yigdal nakoyach Hashem. Kasha di like you spoke, say. So we explained the whole pasuk, but what does it mean? These words, like you spoke, say. So it seems like um, what he's going what, what he, what, what to explain now is this process. Of bringing, see, this, it relates to what we said earlier. Remember, we said earlier that the mitzvah itself is pure will of Ein Sof. But what does Torah give to mitzvahs? Torah gives to mitzvahs some form of context, some form of boundaries and limitations, so that the mitzvah can facilitate, so that the mitzvah could, so that the mitzvah could, could, um, could enter into our reality. Like you were saying, it's kind of like the practical, the practical um, method through which the will can be realized. Is so Torah sits the mitzvahs of enabling them to to descend into our world. So Torah is more, as we said earlier, Torah is called the hair of the Abishter. because Hashem has to funnel His light through tiny little hair, or else it would burn the world up. Okay, so Torah serves that function. So Moshe Rabbeinu is saying now, 
if I am trying to bring the Abishta's Koach Adna down to a lower place, so another Moshe Rabbeinu was calling for mitzvahs to be reenacted and mitzvahs to redraw down lower, but it, re- it requires Torah to be activated as well because the power to bring something down into a lower reality, obviously this reality is more contracted, more limited, more, 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 more sensitive because I mean the opposite. It's 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 more it's it's harder to to connect infinite energy to a lower place. So it needs more vessels, it needs more containers, it needs more. That avoida, that inyan is related to Torah. And that's what he says, kasha dibarta lemar, that's Torah. Because by Matan Torah, what does it say? Vayadaber alakim es kol hadvarim o'ele lemar. That by Matan Torah, when Hashem spoke Torah, what is there? Vayadaber lemar. Vayadaber lemar is the key to be able to take Take higher things from a higher world to a lower reality. Why is Vayadaber Lemar? What does that mean? He spoke saying. So he explained speaking means to speak in a loud voice. Um, Lemar means to speak softly, which also Amira can mean thought. Speaking is, Dibur means to speak loud, speech. Amira can be internal thinking, words that you're processing inside of you, not loud. So we would think it's the opposite. Which one should come first? Amira or Dibur? In every person, what happens first? First you have Amira, because first you say it to yourself. And then afterwards you have a Dibur. Why, however, does it say in, by, by Matan Torah, Vaidabra Lakim is called Advarim Eila Lamar? And why does it say over here, Kasha Dibarta Lamar? And the answer is, you're right. Within a person himself, you first go through Amira. For instance, you're sitting over here by the shear. You're having a process of Amira. You're processing ideas inside your mind. Then you'll leave and you'll give over someone on Shabbos a thought that you heard by the shear. So what are you going to be doing? Then you're going to bring it to Dibor. So your Dibor is going to come after your Amira. That's within yourself. But when you have the teacher and the student, the teacher gives Dibor... And the student gets lamar. Now it's from the speech, from the speech of the teacher becomes the thoughts of the students. So this process to be able to take something from a higher reality to a lower reality always involves a dibur from the mashpia, which becomes a which becomes an internal chachma by the student, which becomes the lamar by him, which later will become from lamar to him will become his dibur, which will translate to the Amira. The ability to take things from a higher realm into a lower realm is this process of dibarta lemar. That's what the Altaneb is going to explain. Okay? So koyach adna is more the power of mitzvahs. The vehicle to bring a mitzvah down. Just like he explained earlier. You need mesech to Shabbos to bring Shabbos down to this world. You need mesech to sukkah or else sukkah can't come into this world. You need mesech to means the tractate of sukkah to bring the mitzvah of sukkah into this world. So Seltuba after the Chet of the Maraglim, now that you're trying to bring mitzvahs even lower, you need some kind of a Dibar Talemar again. You need some kind of a Torah for it to be able to <coughs> draw it down even to a lower realm. So over here. So he explains like this. Dibar is loud. An announcement. 
from Alma Desgaliot, from the revealed world. Amira who believe, and Amira is in the heart. Ubemachshaven in thought. Umepchinas giloi shebedibor madreges alyanim. From the from the giloi of speech of the higher levels, nasepchinas helem becomes the concealment bemadreges atachtainos. Because when when the teacher is speaking, the two, student is silent. The student is processing. He's hearing. It becomes a helem, a concealment by him. Kemashal dibor arav. Like the, the words of the teacher, Shanasa Machshava, Nadibur is revealed, becomes thought, Eitzelat Talmud, becomes thought by the student. But you need this concealment, this, 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 in order for, the, for, the, for, for it to enter the world of the lower level. For example, from the lowest level, Malchus, which is speech, of the world of Atzilus, Naser Keser Chachma Bina Das Bebriya. This creates the Keser Chachma Bina Das of the next world of Bria, which Keser Chachma Bina is all concealment. It's all Nistar. From the Giloy of the higher level becomes the Nistar, becomes the concealed part of the lower world. The Chema Malchus de Bria, Liatzira, same from the next world. That's the function of Torah. To translate things from a higher realm into a lower realm. As we said before, Torah gives the, the mechanics. Torah gives the, the, the vessels. From the Dibur of Talmud Torah, which is Dvar Hashem. Becomes a Amira and a Helim in the higher worlds. For example, Gan Eden. The entire experience of thought, knowledge, understanding in Gan Eden. Where does it come from? It comes from the, the, the Dibur, the speech from, from, from Malchus of Atzilus. But who causes Malchus Atzilus to speak? When we learn Torah down here, we cause the Shechina to speak up there. And those words, Kasha Dibarta, the words up there, Vaidaber over there, become the Amira, become the Machshavis, the thoughts of all the Nishamas in Ganed. Right? Lios Nimshach Ashpa Adlamata, the Madrega Tachtoina to a lower level. He put him into Ganed, Laavda Lushamra, Sha'adam, but through his Limuda Torah, who Amamshach Ziva Shechina Biganeden. Why? Mishum de Be'emes, because in truth, Lav de Islach Tzedek Yediyah, Hashem is totally, doesn't have any Midois to Iudin, Velav Mishpat Yediyah, Yerachmi, Velav Mekolin, Midois Yeklau. So the Ebeshter cannot reveal himself in Gan Eden, because he doesn't have any of these Midois, any of these attributes. Shebe Sarusa de Latate, Sarusa de Yela, but when we learn, so we draw him down, Plitei Giloi, Kamashakasim HaMakamachar, as stated elsewhere. Vehine min atoyre, nimshach haziv, began Eden. So Torah brings the Ziv into Gan Eden, Elyon. From Limud Torah becomes the, the, the Ziv in the higher Gan Eden, and from the fulfillment of Mitzvah, it brings it down in the lower Gan Eden. Ah, since Adam Arishan was in the lower Gan Eden, so his Avaida was not so much learning Torah, but doing Mitzvahs. I, the Alter Rebbe, has a question, and didn't we just say earlier, that mitzvahs are much higher than Torah. So how come, why is mitzvah observance bringing it into the lower Gan Eden and Torah bringing it into the higher Gan Eden? It should have been the opposite. Much higher than the Torah. 
Torah emerges from Chachma v'Amitzvus and Ratzon Elyon, like we said earlier. Baruch Hu Kenal, like we spoke earlier. This that is really above, higher, higher. It's the very same reason. Because mitzvahs are higher than Torah, that's why it's able to extend itself to come down to a lower Gan Eden. Torah cannot go so low. And therefore, when Moshe wanted to daven for the Chet HaMeraglim, Omar, he said, I just, I just realized something. Because it's a little... Moshe Rabbeinu... Ah, so this is the thing. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu realizes like this. Okay. The general hashpa. Follow with me. Okay, we're almost, we're almost done here. The general hashpa to bring down from a higher koach into a lower place, as we said before, is through Tyra. Torah brings all of God's light into Gan Eden. But when you have to bring things down into a lower Gan Eden, the Gan Eden of... The Torah, Torah can't do that. Torah is stuck in the Gan Eden alien. Torah can't get down all the way to Gan Eden, Atachtim, to the lower Gan Eden. That you need a mitzvah. I mitzvahs we said are higher than Torah. Dafka, something that's higher, has the ability to go down lower. So what we really need is like this. General, the idea of bringing something down into a lower world is kasha dibarta leimer. From dibur becomes amira. That's the power of Torah. But Moshe Rabbeinu was saying like this. We can't use the kayach of Torah to be able to bring the hamshacha down to Yidin right now because the Yidin fell very low. Just like in order to bring to the Ganeidin atachtoin, to the lower Ganeidin. The, the, the power of Torah itself can't... Torah has the ability to facilitate and bring things down low, but when it's too low, and it needs extreme, extreme tzimtzum, Torah can't do that. You need an, an, an omnipotent power, a power that's a kol yachol. Only a power that's a kol yachol, that's an infinite power, can make such an impossibility to bring down something so high even to something so low. So general, this avoida of taking in Yonim from a higher realm and explaining it and bringing it into the lower realm is, a, is an effect of Torah. Usually Torah does it. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying. But now, I need the power of mitzvahs to become stronger, not the power of Torah. The power of mitzvahs have to become stronger. Koyach Adna, we explained earlier, is the power of mitzvahs. Just like by Matan Torah, when you gave Torah, Torah accomplishes it. Because the now I need Koyach Adna, the power of mitzvahs, to do that. Because we have to go down lower than we've gone before. So the power, so Moish, now it's interesting. He doesn't say it in the Mimer over here. But Moshe Rabbeinu was eliciting the power of mitzvahs. The Jewish people sinned by the Meraglim. It was a rejection of mitzvahs, Maiseyes. They wanted to stay in the Midbar. They wanted to stay in a place where they learned Torah. 
and they didn't want to do mitzvahs, which you do in the land of Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to go into the land of Israel because of the sake of mitzvahs ma'asiyas. So now we understand why the Chetam Meraglim caused some kind of a blemish in this, and Moshe has to strengthen it because this. All right, so let's let's see over here. He says, "Acheinyanu." Okay, no, I'm sorry. The Chenke Shabikish Moshe al Chetam Meraglim Omar. The simple doing of a mitzvah. Because he had to bring the light down even lower. That even the sin of the meraglim should not stand in the way. He needed to draw down from a higher place. The power of Adna, that's much higher than Torah, will be able to go down, will be able to come down very low. And to raise up those that have fallen, those that have fallen so way, so low, to bond them and to elevate them in the Oren Saif. Like you've usually done through Torah. Just like you have set up, that from Dibur of Torah, Nasa Amira, that when we learn Torah down here, we cause an Amira. A dibur causes an amira in Gan Eden. Means it brings <coughs> to become a source for revelation in Gan Eden. now adna. Let the power of Adna become great. Even lower. Just like the power of Torah and Mitzvahs came down in general in this world, which that's Koyach, Afila Achshav, even now, You see that the power of Torah and Mitzvahs, even though it's so awesome and so otherworldly, we find that it expresses itself in this world. Like we say that there are certain mitzvahs that a person eats its, eats its benefit in this world. Like it says in Bechukai Sei Teilechu, if in my, if my statues you will go. That means the power of, of godliness has the... He's saying that you see, you see even the Pail Mamash, he says, that the effects of Torah and mitzvahs are felt mamish, its vibrations in the physical world. God says, I will give you gashmias, I'll give you material blessing. So what do you see? Even though it's so lofty, it makes its way all the way into gashmias of this world. The brachis will come to you, they will reach you. The mitzvahs will, will, will mamish, do miracles in your physical life. In the place that you're there. Even if you're a very physical human being, the light of the mitzvah will catch up with you. And through this great amshacha, yumshach, Hashem should be drawn down, that He should lift up the sin. Noisa simply means Hashem 
carries the sin, meaning he's able to tolerate the sin. The deeper meaning it. Even the heaviness of the sin. A person who's carrying a lot of sin. So he's very heavy. He's very earthy, very attached to, 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 to disconnected. And yet, the, 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 the Koyach Adna should give him the ability, the mitzvahs that he does, should give him the ability, even something that is such heavy, crazy, dead weight. Like the power that elevates the doymim. And Hashem should, the next thing of, it says, He goes he, he, he skips over, or he goes over the sin. Over al pesha, the Alter Rebbe learns, Shemepesha nasa shefa. That's from the sin itself, over al pesha. He's over, he turns it around. That's from pesha, from the very rebellious sin, becomes shefa. Shefa means a flow. And the darkness itself should be converted to light. For that you need an incredible muscle power. Moshe Rabbeinu is crying out, God, show me your muscles. It's really what he's saying. Give us some, give us a muscle. Show us what you can do. Show us what kind of weights. Show us what you can lift. You can lift even something so levy. You can go so is so low. Even the darkest darkness can be converted to light. That even the intentional sins, not as kazachias, becomes like a merit. This will understand. It says, with kindness and with truth, sins will be forgiven. The Torah brings forgiveness. The Torah brings atonement. That's one. Yeah. It says another passage. Your sins <coughs> redeem with tzedakah. It's not understood. Person sinned and then he just gives tzedakah and learns Torah, he's forgiven. With this we send, Yuvan will understand. When a Yid learns Torah in a manner that he's putting Hashem's words in his mouth, that means it's not, he's not saying his own drekop, he's not saying his own whatever, kishke Torah. He's not doing that. When he's learning Torah, he's learning it with a bitl. He takes a sin, but he learns Torah and he knows that the Abishter is it's the word of God. So it's not you. You're allowing the word of God to take over. And the word of God is so powerful that it has the ability to go down and pull things up. So even if you sin, then you're a very low place. Let the word, let Torah mitzvahs do its job. It's a very, very comforting mimer. And the idea, because a lot of times a person sins, once I sinned, what? Why should I do mitzvahs? Why should I learn? Adarabah. Let the Torah mitzvahs pick you up. Let the Torah mitzvahs pick you up. It's so powerful. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu worked out. And the more the person falls, Abishter, let's really see your koyach. Can you still lift me up? Maybe you can tease God. Can you still lift me up? Even after this? No, it's not a good idea to tease the Abishter. Don't try doing that. But if chas v'shalom, you're fallen, you always say that don't limit God. Just because, just because you messed up, don't put limitations on the Abishter. Let God show you that He can even pick up a sinner like you, like me or whatever. Um, through the performance of mitzvahs, as long as you're letting the mitzvah be a mitzvah, 
when you do the mitzvah in a manner of same tasim alecha melech, nimshach koyach shalmaila. This is drawing down the power of above. It's the koyach that's drawn down from above. Like a, like a crane coming down. I see these big cranes, they come down and they lift up these huge, huge uh, slobs of cement. And this is what we're looking for. But here's the trick. Moshe Rabbeinu prefaces the whole thing with one word. Va'ata yigdalna koyach adna. Va'ata means now. This power to be lifted up from the lowest of the low through a mitzvah, through Torah, this power of koyach adna to come down, to lift up, to schlep someone from the lowest place and to allow him to be unified with the Abishter is only as long as we're alive in a physical body because this power is only va'ata in this world. The power of mitzvahs are only in this world. Once Mashiach comes, game's over. Wherever you are, that's where you are. You can't have that crane come down and pick you up from down there and plant you up there. It doesn't work. It's only the ata. The little moments we still have left. Tshuva is this, this Indian of converting darkness to light, and that can only be accomplished. Va'ata. That's right. Why did Chazal say that va'ata? Whenever it says va'ata, it means tshuva. Va'ata means now. Why does it mean tshuva? The answer is this idea. See, when we leave this world, or after the world is already fixed in the days of Mashiach, the power of this Soviv Kalalman power to move things from one end to the other end instantaneously is not there. You can't turn darkness to light. Darkness can move to light. It will take it a gazillion years. Slowly, 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 slowly. But to move things instantly, which is tshuva, that's only va'ata, that's now. In the now, so when it's ever, it says va'ata now, it means tshuva. Because tshuva is what, what we can do now. The free choice was given to man. He has the ability to turn his heart and to change his whole taste. Dafki here is with the Oyrin Saif dwells, that great power. And that's over here. There is much, much more to understand in this mimer that we learned. Uh, but I hope at least even the limited understanding of what we learned should be at least the t- tiny bit of the emes of what it says over here. Okay, we'll see you all. There's a Fabregan, a block over with Rabbi Label Groner. Everybody can go there for Gimel Thomas. Fabregan. Yeah. Right over here now.